Loud and Proud's Championship Podcast. Champods brought to you by RD Credit Union and Defy Sports Apparel. Hello and welcome to quarterfinal Champod on Loud and Proud. And what a weekend's action it was. So I have the draws, but before I get to the draws, I just want to make a quick point like I always do at the start of the podcast. There was no shocks this weekend. No, the cream is all risen to the top. You go, even you look at my power rankings on the Patreon podcast last Wednesday. All top four teams have made it through to the semi-finals. It just shows the competitive doesn't matter where the games have been played, how many people are there on the pitch between the four white lines. It's the cream. The best teams are left in each grade. We start with we'll just a quick analysis of the junior draw. So you have Lanlear facing Glyde. There's a bit of a trend um, appearing in junior and senior with teams facing each other in the group playing each other again. And the other group, the other semi-final of John Mitchells and Toter. So there's a perfect chance there for the Mitchells to overdo Nathan Barr and get to the junior final for the first time in a long, long time. And then, on the other hand, you have Glyde get another crack at Lanlear. So, that's going to be a hell of a game. Those two games on Friday night. Junior, Friday night. And, like, very hard games to call as well. Because Tohar have been stuttering. They have been going that well. But are still in the competition. They came down last year. Lost an awful lot of players. Couple of injuries. Couple of lads away. And they're still there. They hung on by the skin of their teeth. To reach the... Semi-final stage. They're still in the final four, despite their lack of form. They're showing the quality. Just get over the line, do enough. On the other hand, the Mitchells are showing a lot of form, a lot of uh, character, and they're in, that makes a really intriguing draw. The other hand, now will Glide have figured out how to play against the defensive system of Lanlier that they bring? Lanlier is still looking to get men back into the side. Will they be enough? Will they be structured enough? Will they have it in them? Or will Glide come and seek revenge? And win that game. So that's really interesting straight away out of the bat. The junior championship. We move on to the intermediate championship. The Seanamanis and the Brides. Seanamanis got there as well. Much like Tohor. They came down. Overcame penalties. And how they did it. Just in them bragging rights. Um, I'll have the recap coming now shortly. On the entire weekend's action. But the draw. Bright side of the Kettle Brothers facing each other. That'd be a good one. Stephen and David's back into the the Knockbridge footballers um, time. He didn't play the weekend, but uh, that'd be a very intriguing contest. And the other one, very open game of football on the hands. You have some cracking forwards between the Feckins and Kilcarley. Kilcarley very much the form team, very high scoring. Lennon and McEnany, Lennon and McCarthy, I want to say, just hitting those scores, nailing the mark. And two really two games that are really lovely styled. I'll be previewing all these games on tours this Patreon podcast. I'll have someone on with me. We go through each and every game. We'll be doing a prediction. We call it out. We don't say a draw. We don't say sit on the fence. We call it as we see it. We name it. So get involved. Get signed up to the Patreon podcast. And now the senior two teams, four teams that have met each other already in the group stages. Nave Martin taking on the Moctis. The Torden last teams into the semi-final draw drew each other in the hat. The Moctis damn near won the first day. Had the 
the Martins had to rely on a last minute palmed effort by John Clutterbuck to advance so the Mockers will fancy their chances they'll be buoyed by that big win over the Pats today and then on top of that you have on the other hand you have RD who it was a robbery it was just a, 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 a smashing grab at the end Ronan Carroll plays the ball to Darren McConnell and they pick up that win over the Blues catch them cold the Blues left reeling left waiting a week the shoulder they did with a week's rest took care of the Joes I'll have Jimmy Murray on to chat about that game I've Fran McCullough on now he's going to chat about Nate Martin's victory um, but it's very intriguing games and very it's very mental those games how they'll go, what way it'll work out. Um, having played each other already, that familiarity, will there be contempt? Will there be a lot of sizing each other up again? Will they go straight into it, hammer and tongs? Will the matchups be right again? We'll talk about that in more detail, like I said, during the week. Get your red start into me from now. I have a couple of players in mind. A couple of players I have had in mind. And maybe I could give it to another player again who showed supreme form, who's already got the jersey already. Kind of play like a two jerseys. I don't know. We'll have to check up the Loud and Proud rule book. But um, that's the draws. We're going to cut now and go right into the junior recap. Then we're going to chat about the intermediate recap over the weekend. And then we'll finish with Jimmy Murray first. Then Fran McCullough. And then I'm just going to finish up with the remainder of the senior games a bit of a recap on that and that'll be it and then I'll see you then Tuesday for the Red Stars podcast we sign up on Patreon we go where we go into depth on skill sets on players and on teams and on lads that could possibly do a job for the county met Liam Kelleher loud selector met Wayne Cairns this evening they're all keeping their eye on players there's loads of there's loads of talent out there more players have stood up some lively they're, they're, they're watching every single game they're, they're getting an eye on it, the loud management team. So you could have a whole host of call-ups come, come the league, the resumed league in October if the season does get back on the way. But just, sorry, just one more thing before I get into the junior recap. Penalties. Been a massive talk about this weekend. You've seen the clans just bow out with two missed penalties and the man, he's holding the nerve to pass through. The, the Pierce, he didn't hold the nerve and Toko win. And just chatting to a couple of the boys and Toko, like I know you, people say, oh, it's an awful way to um, go out. And I said, Jesus, it's an awful, it's a brilliant way to win and go through in the championship. But there's no real enjoyment, they said. It's just pure relief. And you can see that in the manies. They were quick to shake hands with the clans. They were both in the same position. It's an awful thing. I don't think I would take a penalty. Um, I don't think I'd be asked even to take a penalty. But it just shows that it's it's going to be maybe needed will it be like the, you know yourself a semi-finals are tight there's a lot of stakes there's tension there will teams now go out and practice penalties will they take penalties will there be five penalty takers named before the game begins we've seen with Tor they brought in a specialist keeper Matthew O'Reilly to to um, be the goalkeeper for the pe- possible penalty shoot well, more or less it was inevitable, inevitable that the penalty shoot was going to come so that's what you have to, to 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 add to the list of things to do for a manager management team. So if you see panel takers, if there's there could be lads, there could be a six foot nine goalkeeper called into panels just lying in reserve, just to come off the bench for a penalty shooter, or even maybe a soccer player gets called up to take a penalty. Um. So 
that's just just something to ponder over the weekend. Um, that yeah, that's it really. So I'm going to cut now to the junior recap, then intermediate recap, and then chat to the two boys. So let's get into the junior championship. On my way home from Darwin now, I'm going to go through the junior championship just to have a bit of a chat about that, a bit of a recap on the whole weekend. I'm going through the draws there. And this is similar to the senior that all the big guns are getting through. I know they have a bit of a collision between Nate Martin and the Piercy, but there's four big teams there, probably the four informed teams. Dave Finnmara, John Mitchell certainly on four this season pushed away into the top four and then the other two, Landia and Lloyd Rings, those two teams met in the group and they meet again obviously but uh, yeah the other night I saw with Lloyd Rangers, they were the first, the first team into the semi-finals well and you know, they made hard work of the minutes who are very organised to their credit they quite well, the lovely footballers in uh, Dwayne Markey inside. Um, we'll get through the, we'll go through the Red Stars as well, a couple of other Red Stars from that in a which I believe. And they uh, finished quite strong, got a goal in the minute in the last minute by James O'Connor. And David Brennan made an excellent save just before he let the ball through his hands for the, the goal for the other minute at the end of the game. And Clyde looked to realign himself. Now, they did play. Uh, structured defence in Adelaide they got men behind the ball protected the deed and into the zone and they were made one for the scores but they figured it out a lot better than they did against Manzier the young Connor looked to be good form but they did pick up a few injuries Keen Sheridan had to be made for Colin McCullough who was injured Brian Duffy looked to be injured as well but to get those fit bodies back and Trevor O'Brien looked lively Colin Sheridan looked classy as always and Kieran Sheridan as well in the field just got there, got through, now Sharkin came back to it, a bit of form, hit five points. He was very, very, very technical. He, um, has that class, had that run of ability, and he's the man to unlock these, uh, blank defences, which he did. He cut through the, cut through the defence, quick hands, like, the, the, the ball that just followed Barry wasn't really on, he couldn't go that long ball, and they figured out fairly sharpish, that they're gonna have to go through the hands. Trevor Bryan dropped deep. Now Sharkin bust the ball through the hands. Dion Collins, powerful coming in off the wing. But credit to Anna they put up a bit of a battle. David Marr kicked three points in the first half, but he just couldn't get the scores on the board. Couldn't get the ball into Dwayne Markey enough. And they went out as valiant losers. Like, you remember two years ago, they didn't do anything enter the team into the championship. And last year, they made it out of the first stages. And I've been for the first time in a couple, three or four years. And the credit to them, Ben Connor Fadian had them well set up, well structured, looked fixed, looked strong. And players they can build on, young players there that can do a job in the years to come. But it looks like Glide realigned their championship hopes and they will be taking on Lanier. And Lanier, they were made one for their victory as well. The Tones were very much a form team coming into that game. Very nice footballers, played lovely playing style. Through the hands, Pacey Runners, through Sam Kelly, Mark Levoy, Chris Cudden on the 40, Dwayne Levy. They worked the ball very well and they worked to a certain point against Vanier, but Vanier were very resolute, held them up. But they did get behind the rear guard. Emma Judge was forced 
Liam Callan do a great save. And that, if that goes in, it's an entirely different game. The, the layman might have to come out and play a little football, come out to field and play a lot more. But as it stood, they kept the, the parallel of defence in front of, of the tones. Kept Niall Smith out the field. They handed out and in killing Gregory hit one five on the even got the goal at the end. Of the game, but had four pressure frees kicked down, kicked the best player, but he's a real outlet for Dunlair this season without Mark Murphy in there. Um, Colin Murphy did return to the side, sprung on in the last minute, so it's good to get minutes into his legs. Still have Hall Callum to come back as well. Mark Dunn played his first few championships as well. Now, look, seems to be building for Dunlair. Lawrence McAkee came on, so for Kiwi Maher. So they have, a, they have a panel there, playing some good football, Green McGuinness is standing again at the half, driving up the field, Benny McBoy played very well the weekend before, at the half, wasn't even a use, so, so, that's the quality they possess, they're very well organised, Mark and Callan has to go very well, they play an organised structural game of football, they were fancy with chances, they brought that form with us, Something in the semi-finals last year against the winners in the end roach. And they look to carry that on. And they would be tough opposition for anyone. And the other two teams. So I leave the penalty till the end. And I get to the missions who did the job again. It was tighter than most expected. Um, the Mitchells did a credit. Pulled it up to the... the Sean, sorry, pulled it up to the Mitchells. Still had enough to pair off with John Bingham, the engine, and John Gallagher as well. So they'll move on into form and they will take on Toker. Toker. Nathan Barron. They stuck us. They showed they were close against the Tones. They went overly impressive in either big wins. And today they were, brought, they were very sluggish in the first half. They finally got into us. And they were still dragged back into us in a 1 1. But the Pearson is the death to start the game right. You'll probably rude that they didn't win it. Went to penalty shootouts. And a bit of tactical substitution from Toa. Took off by one by Matthew O'Reilly to go in to between the nets for the penalty shootout. They don't know how to run. No soccer taker. Soccer player took one of the penalties. He scored. And David Boyd would have put your house on to score. But he misses second penalty because you have your five penalty takers it doesn't go walk its way down you have your five those five and seven after that goes back to the first taker again so you have your designated five penalty takers goes back to buy it he missed the second and if you get a chance check it out wonderful video of how he was welcomed home by his daughter and his son his son in particular why did you go for the top car and like, why he, just, he was bewildered by Father shot at gold, but it just shows the perspective on things that that's what it's all about family. And despite missing and going out of the championship, he's still with his family to go back to and sure give David Boyle a wonderful sense of perspective. But that's it, that's the junior recap um, on the Loud Proud Chaplain. So it's Sunday afternoon. I'm just on my way down to Darver for the second time of the of the day. Um, and what better time to have a recap and have a talk 
and the think over the, the loud intermediate championships. I've already gone through the draws that, that, that have made, taken place and I just want to get a chat and a bit of a recap on the weekend's games. So, the four teams that have advanced, the Feckens, the Brides, the Mahonies and Kilcarley Emmets. So, four big teams. They were in the top four well, I suppose if you if you swapped um, the Feckins and the Hunterstein, I'd them four and five, joint fourth nearly. So that's the top four teams in my rankings. Kilcarely number one, the um, O'Mahony's number three, and the boys second, the Brides, with the biggest depth of a panel. And looking at the four teams, they're definitely the best quality. I know I tipped the clans, I got three out of four right in the predictions. But I kind of get a half a point for the clans to pull it up to the Domanis and they really should have beaten the Manis. Truth be told, they had their chances. The chances come at the end of the game. Conor Noonan, Paul Crew, they, they battled. They showed real battling qualities to get back into the game with um, both goalkeepers making mistakes and both on the oxides capitalising on that and putting... Put uh, scores on the board very entertaining game but just it kind of it was one of those where the Mahonies need the chip on the, they need a chip on their shoulder to win and beat teams and the clans didn't provide them with that and they give them an early lead and it just suited the clans to come back into it they got the bit of a break they got the goal to Gary O'Connor I know he's a soccer player with Newton Ards you'd love to know why he doesn't Start or just maybe that's the commitment, and that's maybe that's just the the hit you have to take for the quality or the, the continuity of the panel, um, and it's probably the right decision actually. Like you can go for broken, go short term, and have O'Connor starting every game, but then that's not what it's all about. It's all about unity in the squad, and it just you just feel for the clans. They, they did everything right. They built themselves way back into the game. Sean O'Hannon played very well when he came in. And the O'Malley's looked dead in their feet. And they couldn't be put away, just typical. Just hang on by their fingernails, stay in the contest, and then there goes the penalty shootout, which is just pure drama. I actually came in, I was doing the, the, the last two games, um, and I got, came in just at the end of the, the regulation time and seen the whole of the extra time and then I seen the uh, penalties and I was standing standing on the scaffold and looking down and the, the, the kicks were taking that end the scoreboard end of the arbor and the main pitch and I could feel the tension and I was only watching it I completely impartial not even near Dundalk um, and I was just the, the the nerves so like fair play to any any penalty taker who stands up to take a penalty and it's just uh, two two clans players miss of the either scale of the of their careers with the with the clans like Sean O'Hanlon he'll he'll definitely feature he he grew as a player in the championship this season and Mark McGowan both them boys missing and it's just the, the coolness of Connor Finnegan probably the best penalty out of a lot of them just chipped and you can feel the audible gasp and I, 
and when I hit the net, it was just amazing. And then Gavin Smith with the winner has that pedigree, of course. <clears throat> so when when the joke was like uh, all these players have soccer pedigree, and it was certainly the case with with, with Smith. Cool as you like, pressure on to win it, but it's always easier to win it, a penalty to win it rather than keep them in it. And he did very well. Um, classy penalty, keeper could get nowhere near it. And massive bragging rights to the man. He's a march on yet again by the fingernails, but they're still in the draw for the second, for the semi final. And it just shows the resolve to have, it just shows how close the clans are, have been down the years. Great battling team. And it just wasn't to be for them. And then you have the first game of the day, the Feckins took care of business. A very, very good second half, down to 14 men. In other years, they would have, that would have thrown them off kilter. Danny Burnell gets sent off. They got the match up right at the back and Danny Burnell is corner back but it was um, Niall McCabe who had the marking job of Ryan Bournes and that seemed to go a long way to push them on into victory keep them in the championship Paul Matthews absolutely outstanding gone a load of ball that's the thing about the, the, the Feckins you have to get enough supply you have to get enough ball around the middle of the field get it into Ryan Walsh and Ron Holcroft they're as good as anyone Matthews turned it on really classy player has it all has the skills has the time timing in his jump has has the foot passing ability can run an ability as well so he has it all he's Bevan alongside him Bevan played a slightly deeper role playing that, that role he would have been playing within the county level sweeping and it just broke it up and it broke the game down it nearly was a case of being into 14 men that had to really focus on every pass had to make sure of every single pass and make sure it was perfect they weren't flapping about or messing about with it and they kept the ball and just torn the screw Ron Holcroft just an absolute leader again and then Ryan Walsh stepped up it was lovely swirling points like I say Ryan Walsh one of the, the red stars in the early week if you have your nominations send them all in to me Keep them going now. We'll, we'll have a couple more red stars this weekend. And, uh, yeah, so it was it was just one of those games for Hunterstown. They tried hard, brought Ryan Ward in at the very end of the game, what they would have done with a fully fit Ryan Ward. I did mention that in the preview game, fit. But disappointing for Hunterstown. They topped their group, did their duty in the group stages, and then come across and get the Feckins, who came second. And it just shows the tightness of that group that the Glen Emmers were in with Domahannies and the Feckins. So those two advance. <coughs> and uh, yeah, it's just another year of heartache, but maybe things like a couple of introdu- new players for the Feckins come in and played well as well. So we'll chat about that more on the Red Star, Red Star podcast that I mentioned. But that's just the, what Championship is about, just staying in it getting over the line but they showed really good composure that they haven't showed in recent years and so the Feckins advance and speaking of that other group with the Hullstown and the Dundalk Young Irelanders and Cooley the Young Irelanders they're out of it as well they were met with the Brides the Brides are a really good solid outfit <coughs> excuse me who play to a very rigid 
um, game plan. Lawrence team does the sweeping job, but I feel there's loads more in the brights. They can open up and play really well. They've some lovely forwards. You know, I always mention Sean Murray, but there's also well, Kevin Hertie's as well. But Emma Kerr comes in off the bench and adds a point. Sean Brennan as well, tasty player. But Kieran Dean's a nice footballer. James Costello has really come on in, in the past few years. Hurling with Laird has given that strength and that vision, and he he, come, he always pops up with a point as well. Very solid player. But they they, they left up the Irelanders in it, and the Irelanders will probably rue. They missed chances early on. They missed about, They clocked up about six or seven wides early on, and they couldn't find a range. They got and then they just got that bit of frustration. But it wasn't helped. Refereeing decisions didn't go their way, and they pulled on. They, they pushed on. They tried hard. They, uh, James Pendergast kicking the freeze stay, kept them in touch. But like that, you'll always be kept in touch with the brides. They won't be too far away because of the style they play. But. Um, Ireland just couldn't they had, a, they had a goal chance they had options they just couldn't take it they couldn't force the pressure enough on the Brides and then when they went out they went down to 14 men on two occasions finished the game with 14 men and they just were a little bit stretched and I suppose 11-5 was a big big win um, two Kevin Herty points on the counter attack Kieran Dean finished the scoring to put the Brides into the semi-finals and it was comfortable for them in the end they controlled it around the middle with Liam Malloy who's a bit of class about him alongside Paddy Riley so they have a strong partnership there in the middle of the field and they're very good at the back like I said um, but will will it be too comfortable will it be comfortable again the next time who knows haven't already spoken about the draw so any thoughts there and then last but by no means least my favourites my tips for the championship Kilkerley Emmets now this is a funny one with Kilkerley they went six points down to the Kevins who were without Shane Mead Evan Maher and another player who escapes my mind but another chap so they were they were down obviously Campbell was out as well after that incident last week um, and they kind of forgot about that like that bad news story that was national news to come out and play some lovely football Lee Crosby were 1-4 Shawnee Crosby two of them in the middle of the field like an underage team the way they just get the ball in the middle of the field and drive up or drive up and play so well um, they were 6 points ahead to hit absolute worldies of points the first one uh, that springs to mind is Carl Martin wide on the left whipped it over they, uh, that was after Keen Callan hit a sideline or hit a, a fantastic point wide out in the just near where Carl Martin hit his and he hit a sideline ball and it was one of those days when the underdogs was kicking everything that was going over Kilkerley never panicked settled down got their kicking boots on as usual got three points before half time went to score about 11 unanswered points after the break and just got a real stranglehold on the game Adam Shields went out on Keen Callan put Cahal Bellew on Shawnee Crosby in the middle of the field massive switch Shane Lennon dragged him into the game with a goal when they were, they were down 4-0 early on and they just powered on after that and hit 17 second half points just absolutely relentless Dan McKeown popped up with two points with one of the mark he's an introduction into the team starting team from the last day but 
but it was just Lennon again, one eight, one nine maybe, and Ty McEnany with seven points, just absolutely ferocious scoring. They're very, like I mentioned in the first week, first second week, again the clans, they're absolutely relentless and playing the mark really, really, really well. Probably the only team playing it as well, <laughs> and they've been nearly a, a good go with senior the way they're playing it, but. It was just relentless in the second half. Really good play. Kieran Bidlin plays some lovely balls in from half back line. They mixed it up. The Kevin's tired. They had that game during the week on the Tuesday night. Um, so, th- so that's it. That's the recap of the Intermediate Championship. As tight as ever. Really tough to call those games. Although they get three and a half out of four right. Um, we'll go again this weekend and do, that'll be on Thursday's preview podcast but yeah just savage teams showed serious determination and serious fitness like the Feckins and the man he's the man he's looked a bit dead to people still gritted out still had uh, concentration at the end to kick those winning penalties will teams start practicing penalties uh, who knows but um, yeah that's it that's the intermediate recap this coverage, again, you probably know, is brought to you by RD Credit Union and Defy Sports Apparel. Right here after the Blues' big win over the Joes in the first of uh, the quarterfinals that was happening today. Joined by Jimmy Murray, co-commentator on New TV. You enjoyed the co-commentary anyway, Jimmy? Yeah, very good. Great opportunity to watch the game and, you know, great fantasy. You weren't, very, you weren't biased either. Nice no, I wasn't. No, I, I was. I was impressed with the Joes early on, going three points ahead, and unfortunately that Blues tackling the forward line led to two dispossessions and ultimately two goals for the Blues, and they were lucky enough to get a few more. It's a big thing the Blues focus on that that hard tackling and pressure and in the forwards on the opposition's defence. Yeah, we should seen the first half. Conor Moore was back in his his own back line twice, made two good interceptions, and then set up moves going forward. You, you, you don't need six forwards that are shooting the lights out every week and with Connor you have that he's not going to score seven eight points a game but he is going to you know be very good defensively and create moves then you know and they take their chances um, Kieran Daly Robert Carr with two goals very similar at the back post just palmed it in forcing the error in the Joe's defence yeah it, 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 it goes back to the kind of you know the Blues playing as a team and you know, giving the ball to the, the player in the best position and unfortunately for the Joes they had similar chance the second half with Young Bell running through and instead of squaring he went for the shot and Kevin Carr made a great block but more times than not the Blues seem to make the right decisions when, when it matters That's just a decision making between the two sides I suppose that was the difference in the end but the Blues like the Joes were plucky enough like they've caused them some problems early on in that game yeah, they did. As I said, they got the first three scores of the game, and they were a nice team. The Joes, like, aren't they a good footballing team? Yeah, but unfortunately, as the game went on and the Blues got a foothold into it, Joes ended up bringing Young McCall out. Quigley was in the zone; he was isolated. The Blues obviously playing with an extra man, as they do with their system, and the Joes just couldn't. I think they only got a couple of points, and you know, when you're losing quarterfinals by nine points, essentially. It shows that the Blues are certainly going in the right direction after the defeat against RD. Yeah, and then it, it just shows well the, the pressure they put on the, the, the attack. Joe didn't score for playing that second half. And Kieran Downey steps up there with four second half points as well. It just shows how like, they might be taken for granted how good of a defensive team the Blues are, and that's why nearly they're going for the four in a row. 
Yeah, certainly. But you know, again, we, we mentioned it during the, the match. Their decision making is normally right, and you know, you'll probably find with that Joe's team in the next year or two, especially the younger lads, they'll start making the right decisions because it comes with experience. You can't just go into senior football as an eighteen-year-old and get everything right. The Blues are at this year in year out for the last three years, winning three Joe Awards, going for four, and again, game management as well. Second half, John Commode stood up, Andy McDonald stood up, Kieran Downey stood up. All lads that are playing a number of years, and then. You've the likes of lads, Jamie Kelly, brilliant throughout. It's, it's different lads each week to yeah. step up. Jamie Kelly did Darren Alley at times as well, and last week it was uh, Ross Nally and yeah. Robert Carr the first weekend. So it, 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 they're a well-oiled machine. Well-oiled machine. Yeah, I thought um, from the Blues, I thought Jamie obviously played well, and uh, Kevin Carr defensively was very good, wasn't he? You know, he he squeezed the life out of Quigley a few times and. You know, for the Joes, young, yeah, young. A big switch as well. Emma Carlin going on and picking up uh, Colin McCall for the start of the second half. And that was a, had a massive say in the game. Yeah, it did. And then McCall still got him one or two balls, but his influence, unfortunately, died out. But it's hard for 18. You know, he had a massive influence in the first half, getting on loads of ball, kicked a couple of nice points, got fouled. But again, the, the, the more the, the Blues grew into the game the less ball he got on because the Joes weren't just getting in possession you know? what do you reckon is that the Joes to come again and the Blues to come again this year yeah I'd be quietly confident that the Blues can certainly advance the, I know we'll see the draw later on but the, they, you know the, the, the RD defeat has had no ill effects and I was very impressed with them especially the second half that's 4-15 minutes the second half they just blew the Joes away brilliant thanks very much Jimmy very well Rama College, I'm walking off the field here in Darver after a big, big win for your hometown side. 4 12 6 point scoreboards here in front of us. Really impressive performance for you by the Jocks. Yeah, really impressive to get off to a, a good start. Gales actually kicked the first point of the game, but the Martins went up and Sam Sam got that early goal. And uh, it took them a while maybe to get into the stride. Missed a few. Sam himself maybe missed a few frees, but... Uh, they were always maintained that lead and uh, you could say from the moment Derek Crilly was sent off at half time it was over as a contest but really and truly if the Gales probably had their 15 on the field I don't think it was going to make much of a difference and then the Martins kind of put on exhibition stuff to it, it, it was it was kind of a, uh, they, they were keeping the Gales at an arm's then more or less sizing them up in the first half before opening up in the second yeah, they could do as they pleased, as I said in commentary on Lou TV. They, they could work it over left and right, go side by side. And um, they didn't have to engage really with the with the Gales. They could, as I said, over and back. Maybe the likes of Tom Gray and Conor Whelan wasn't used enough maybe in that first half. And we've seen that devastating burst in the first 15. Maybe Fergal Real had a word with them at half-time, try and use the guys a bit better inside. And uh, they certainly racked up the scores yeah, there. Conor Whelan, in particular, I know he's a relation, and you don't want to be too biased, but he was exceptional there. Nearly torn the screw himself single-handedly in a blitz. One-two, was it? One-three. He got two frees from identical positions. It was blown up against uh, a short kick out. Was given hot ball. Martin's got free out of it. He, stu- he stuck it over the bar. Then he scored a lovely point from play, and then a great ball in from Jack Murphy. He turned his man inside. Just as the other Gales man was coming through, he managed to squeeze it into the bottom corner with his left foot. Samuel Roy then again comes out with a great goal and his hat-trick goal, super finish. Um, it was just really impressive, as you say, by the Martins. So, uh, the Gales, they, they, they battled hard, but they were, they were limited in their approach. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, I think did four, maybe three points, four points at half time. Um, there was a couple of guys that kept on going. Uh, Barry Waters at eleven and Dave McComish at right half back were the two standout for me. Real guys who kept going right until the bitter end. They lost Jamie Faulkner as well, so they're down to thirteen men as well. Faulkner were gone. Jamie was playing actually all right, but again, pure frustration. They just couldn't deal with all the players running at them, and it was pure frustration. Jamie Faulkner late tackle on Samuel Roy and uh, he got his marching orders then they'll be disappointed with Derek Crilly getting that, that second whatever he said to the, to the referee that's disappointing from the Gales perspective to have that ill discipline um, just on the nick of half time you know and as well uh, Samuel Roy is exceptional tonight like you said he got a hat-trick score but he's just a real leader tonight for the Martins yeah and uh, maybe all that we, we spoke about in commentary as well the, the pressure of, of being that main man inside He's coming out a little bit. He's getting more of a link play, passing balls around, and then getting on the end of the scores. So it's harder for the, those man markers to pick him up because he's that little bit deeper. And again, he's got such strength. He's built himself up. So he's such a big man. He's yeah, got such and like you said, the new players they brought in: they've Tom Gray inside, Sean Healy in the wing, Evan Whelan in the middle of the field, Mark Whelan's established himself now at cornerback. So a lot of things are going right. Are they the most impressive team you've seen in this quarterfinals? Um, I I think it's hard to judge um, if they're the most impressive. They were clinical tonight. They were devastating in 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 their performance. Um, yeah, there was a few impressive performances earlier. Mary's racked up a big score there again against the Geraldines. That game was over early too. The Blues showed what they can do really in a fifteen-minute spell at the start of the second half. I was impressed with them. They look more like the old Blues I thought um, from last year. Um, in that 15 minutes today and again I've just done enough and for the likes of the Martins and the Blues the two teams that have been there for the last couple of years Championship really starts for them now next weekend semi-final draw who they're going to get it's going to be really interesting I'm going to make my way across Darver Pitts now to get that draw Fra, thanks very much for joining me Fra McCullough No matter, thanks So that was an exhausting weekend's action I uh, hope you enjoyed the two recaps and I hope you enjoyed the chat with the two boys Um Ardy advance as well. Big win for the Marys. They're still on form. They're they're hitting 4.15. They hit it the week previous against Matt Grains himself. And today, though, they conceded another 20 points. Three, this time it's 3.11. So that'll be a little bit of a worry. But they're devastating going forward. Kieran Keane was absolutely exceptional again. And then in the other game, the Moctis, they, they piled through. Owen O'Connor, big sending off before half time. Just uh, similar to the Gales in uh, sending off for Derek Crilly, as Fra spoke about there. But yeah, that, that's that been the weekend's action. Hectic stuff. See a lot of teams go out, a lot of teams battling. Stay in the championship, a lot of teams. No shocks, like I said at the start. And um, really enjoyable football, though. Some really classy games, some classy footballers out there. I'll be talking about it on Tuesday and I'll have a preview podcast on Thursday. Send in your red stars. My voice is about to go after a long, long day, long weekend, but a brilliant weekend of action. Um, thanks very much for tuning in. Thanks to Fra, thanks to Jimmy, thanks to RD Credit Union, thanks to Defy Sports Apparel. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for all the people who've signed up. Massive community of loud fans out there. I can't get over I had a figure in my head that I thought would be lovely to have them there say 30 people maybe or so that'd do me but I can't get over it's 
treble, quadruple that, four or five, six times that number that I've signed up. Just shows the passion that is out there for Loud Football. People want to know who's getting red stars. People want to hear and chat about Loud Football. The previews are getting really big hits. People want to know and want to talk about Loud Football. And it's coming to the crux. It's coming to the end. I've seen more games on new TV. It's all happening. So I'm delighted to be a part of it. I'm delighted to have you coming along. Really, really appreciate it. But that's it. Until Tuesday night, if you're a Patreon, um, I'll chat to you then with Red Star Podcast. Looks like it's going to be a jam-packed one like today's podcast. Um, and if I'm not talking to you, I'll chat to you next Sunday, where we will possibly know the finalists next weekend. So Dan Bannon from the Loud and Proud Champod. Thank you very much for listening. I'll chat to you then. Bye. Sing it loud and sing it proud.